This is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one podcast that deals with fact, not fiction, as we discuss issues that impact America internationally, but also nationally. And hopefully we're not going to end up on President Biden's disinformation governance board. But you never know. As soon as you say anything that's critical of the administration or Democrats in general, bam. You are flagged as a disinformationer, so hopefully we don't do that. Now, if you have any questions, put it into the the text, so we'll see it, and we can go from there. But first, as always, I got my um, co-host, Big Bad Joe Bits, former combat Marine of Iraq, and... How's it going, Joe? Great, John. What's the, I guess, you want to say minister or mistress or what is her name? Oh, the one who's heading the disinformation board? Yeah, yeah, that that. that I got the first one. It's Nina, and I always butcher this name, Nina Joakovic. Okay. And it was ironic that you mentioned it. It, In a hearing before the Senate last... um, Last week, mm-hmm. they asked um, Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security um, Secretary, who announced that there was this board that this information governance board was formed. So they asked him, did you know anything about her past statements about Russian collusion, about the Hunter Biden story, all being um, bold-faced lies? And we found out they were actually truthful. There was no disinformation. There was no Russian collusion. And there was the truth to the Hunter Biden story. And then all the past statements she made. And Alejandro Mayorkas said he didn't know anything about it. Uh-huh. He didn't know. And it was like, to me, it's, and then he wouldn't go into depth of we don't discuss employment practices. Yeah. Which I thought was a weird statement to make considering the Senate has and the Congress has oversight over Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, like... You're not talking Joe Q. Public. The Senate, the Congress, both the House and the Senate, have oversight over your department. You can't just say, I can't tell you. It's just funny how it came out right after, as soon as try to purchase Twitter. Yeah, it, it was ironic, and a lot of progressives and liberals are outraged that Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter. Now, it's mm-hmm. not official yet, but he's got the support, whatever he needs to get done. But it's ironic. He also said that it was a mistake, a moral mistake, to kick Donald Trump off Twitter. Yeah. Now, for our Mm -hmm. listeners' sake, you may disagree or you may support the uh, presidency of Donald Trump, but if Twitter's going to say they're a platform, Mm -hmm. then you have to let all views be heard. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a platform and you say you're a publisher, then you have legal obligations that you have to follow. And you can be sued for liable if you like what happened to Eric Sandman, the kid that was at Washington, D.C. at a pro-life rally with the MAGA hat on. And the story that came in that he was racist, that he attacked this Indian adult when it's proved false when more videos surfaced. So he yeah. sued and the media was forced to pay. He got like $200 million. You're familiar with 1984? Yeah, the book, George Orwell, 1984. And there's another one that Ray, he's not here today. He's, I don't know, feeling sick. He's just being a little bee. Putz. <laughs> and uh, he, Animal Farm. Have you read Animal I've Farm? I've read Animal Farm when I was in the, 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 either middle school or high school. So about like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, about 40, <laughs> before the earth cooled. <laughs> and... um. 
That was that was another Orwell. Or I think it, I'm not sure who wrote Animal Farm. I know everybody references 1984 George Orwell, mm-hmm. but you can see parallels. Yeah. to that they have disinformation. They have the government controlling information. And but see, if you look at it, they make it sound well. We got to protect the public. Protect us from what? You're basically saying we're not smart enough to understand disinformation. From non from true, and then if you look at it, Alejandro Mayorkas, President Biden, the Democrats mm-hmm. were quick to jump on the, the disinformation or the basically lie. Let's just put it this way: yeah, of the border patrols whipping migrants on the border back in September. Remember when they came out? They said, "Oh, this happened." It was it made it sound like it did happen when the reporter or the photographer who took the picture said, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. And it was a false story. It's whatever they're going to do to fit their narrative, especially now within what's going on with the Supreme Court. And it's abortion is, I guess, the issue, but there's a lot more other issues that are entangled with this. And that's, I would tell people, and this is a good, that's a, probably a good segue, because that's one of the top things we're talking about today is the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you sit on the abortion issue. And if you read the brief, I would tell everybody, read the brief. Yeah. And it was not the final brief. It's just a draft beat brief. It could change. Mm-hmm. Because what the jurist, from what I've read and listened to people who are clerks or who did clerk on the Supreme Court, they debate this stuff all the time. Yeah. They do initial brief, and then they could have their mind changed because maybe another justice on the court tells them, makes a point that they're like, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. But what I would tell them is read the draft brief. All they said is they really don't want this debated at the Supreme Court level. Yeah, They want it debated at the state level. Let the voters make up their mind. Mm -hmm. Now, people correlate, they're going to end gay marriage. Gay marriage is a little different. Yeah. Because if... Now you're interracial marriage as well. Okay, but see, you're married. Yeah, I'm not. You're married. Where did you? What state did you get married? North Carolina. Okay, your marriage in North Carolina is valid in Florida. Okay. So with gay marriage, the reason that went to the Supreme Court because some states uphold gay marriage. Let's say California being one of them. Yeah. Upholds gay marriage, but then when you cross the, the border into Nevada, let's say Arizona. Or Oregon, I'm not saying they um, not in favor of it or not supported it. Your marriage is invalid, mm-hmm. so that's why that case had to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah, and the court ruled that same-sex marriage is a valid marriage, has to be recognized in all 50 states and territories. Mm-hmm. Abortion's something different. Yeah, and what they wanted is let the people vote on it. Let the people make that decision. And the Senate kind of maybe threw a Hail Mary uh, today? Well, they threw a Hail Mary, but it was more or less to shame senators to make them voices heard. But I think the public didn't fully understand because they never know what's fully in the bill. And one of the things, like you couldn't get Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, Republicans, and just so our listeners know, it failed I think 51 to 49, all mm-hmm. sen- uh, rep- all Republican senators voted against it, and one crossover Democrat was Joe Manchin. Yeah, the, the, reason- the next candidate for president. Yeah, and the, the reason he voted against it is he said it went too far. And mm-hmm. one of the problems they had in the bill, it was abortion on demand 
at any time during the pregnancy. So basically, you can have an abortion when you first find you're pregnant, all the way up in time, up until the time of birth. And the reason why the court said it sent it back to the states to have them vote on, have them decided, Roe versus Wade, when it passed in '73, just codified abortions legal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does that mean? Now you have a daughter. Can you imagine your daughter's 16 years old? She gets pregnant but gets an abortion without your knowledge. But when I was at a church event, I couldn't give one of the kids aspirin when she asked for it. Yeah. So why can't I do that, but you're going to allow that? And, okay, has it been known anywhere in the Supreme Court, like is Gorsuch or Kavanaugh or Coney Barrett, are they against gay marriage? Are they against... That I don't are know. Are they against interracial marriage? Well, the... But see, the interracial marriage, to me, is a mute point because Clarence Thomas is is in an interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. And many people are from other – there's some Republicans who are in an interracial – Mitch McConnell. Yeah. The Senate majority – excuse me, the Senate minority leader of the Senate, Republican. He's in an interracial marriage. His wife is, I think, I believe Chinese. Okay. So that idea that they're pushing it, they, I think what the Democrats do, they throw the race card out. So frequently, when they don't get their way, the race card is, is the last vestige because that's very polarizing. But isn't it falling on deaf ears a little bit? Because people are tired of it. They hear it for so long. It's like the boy that cried wolf. Yeah, and they've been doing it for many years. For decades. And people are like, this. And it's, I think it's falling on deaf ears even in the, and I can't say if it's for certain, in the minority community. Because it seems like democrats throw that out Mm -hmm. but when it comes time to helping the minority community their policies have an adverse effect and we're seeing it now with high inflation and high economic costs in many of these communities high gas prices are killing these minority communities that's not really why we're here talking about the whole issue and what the supreme court's decision is we're more or less there's an attack on the supreme court and nobody is doing anything it's almost like it's actually getting pushed by this administration to, hey, make your voice heard. Yes, you should voice your opinion and how you feel to these Supreme Court justices. And that is, I don't know, it's illegal, right? It's a federal law that's illegal to protest in front of the homes of justices if you're trying to push them to rule a certain way. Okay, what if I protest the House next to it and tell them I don't like abortion? <laughs> In is there way, is there like a little loophole there? Yeah, but like, see, but in a way, they are pushing. They want the court to rule in their way. Uh-huh. Now, I know I always mention Jonathan Turley. I'm not going to mention him today, to, right now. You just did. I don't, but I mentioned I'm going to use Alan Dershowitz. I was he, okay. He's the um, Harvard Law Professor Emeritus. He's very liberal, very staunch Democrat, but he. It's ironic. He was the Trump impeachment man, lawyer for Donald Trump mm-hmm. in his first impeachment. And but what he, I was, I turned on C-SPAN, just flipping through the channels. I came across a legal symposium that he was on. Yeah. And he was, and I can't remember who it was, but he, he was interviewed, and someone asked him a question, and he basically, I can't remember what the question, but it was revolving around this, and he basically said. It's not a legal term, but it's a term he used. It's called the shoe on the other foot. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that, you can't condemn the other side for doing nefarious things if you can't condemn your own side. Yeah. Now, remember when Donald Trump was president, the Democrats accused Trump of 
uh, being uh, very violent or being or pushing the extremes or attacking people, yeah. attacking the institutions. But now that Trump is gone, then you see, like in 2020, Chuck Schumer was up in front of the court, the Supreme Court's basically chastising Brent Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch. Basically telling me, you must rule this way. If you don't, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Yeah. And he eventually walked it back and apologized. But not one Democratic candidate for president condemned that. It's well, just Lori Lightfoot even reached out to the LBGTQ plus community about saying doing something. When yeah, it comes- because they're pushing, they're intimidating the court. Okay. Now. There's many decisions that the court makes that I may not agree with. Yeah. There's many decisions. Name I one. Do. Name one before we keep on going. What do you don't agree with? What they. One of the things I, I, I don't agree with is their stance on what was it? It wasn't a free speech thing. It came up just recently. The, I, I, the gay birth, the gay no, wedding cake. It had nothing to do with that. It was something about a free, uh, a court case that I thought they should have heard. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe it was on immigration or something like that. I just thought they should have heard it. Okay. But that's not up to me to decide. I don't agree with some of the decisions they make. But that said, I'm not going to threaten the court. I'm not going to do certain things because the court ruled a certain way. Yeah. Like the three liberal jurists, I don't agree with some of the things. They will never see the other side's point of view Mm -hmm. where conservative jurists see the can cross over. The liberal jurists never cross over. Oh, I know what the one court case is. It was the vaccine mandate. Okay. It was overturned. I agree with the conservative viewpoint, but for the liberal jurist, I don't agree with it because they said we're in the middle of a pandemic. This helps save lives. Mm-hmm. And what I think it was Neil Gorsuch, I think it was the one that said, just because we're in a pandemic doesn't mean the Constitution goes away. Yeah. And the other cases I disagree with the courts when it came up is – the separation of powers, mm-hmm. meaning that the especially the EPA just enforces the rules set by Congress. It doesn't change and make its own rules. It doesn't accept like they want to accept the the environmental standards set forth by California. Yeah, California doesn't set the rules for the country. That's Congress's job. Mm-hmm. And there's other things because I'm more or less a constitutionalist when it comes. I want. Congress to do its job. Yeah. We elect you, not the court. Don't punt things to the court and make the court decide. And that's what it seems the Democrats want. They know they can't get through things through legislatively, so they want the court to do the be the their another legislative body basically legislating from the court. Mm-hmm. It's just I disagree with some of that stuff. We know this administration is not going to do anything, but it's also probably maybe going to backfire when it comes to the Democrats because when it was presented to us, it was a draft. It was a leaked draft. We can talk about that in a little bit, but it was a leaked draft, and their decision, it was just a draft. Their decision was not final. Like you said, they sit down and they talk about it and they discuss, and they're like, what about this? What about that? This maybe was maybe a non-issue when it came to abortion. Okay, we can't do anything other than this, so we might as well just default back to Roe versus Wade, and then Roe versus Wade, and then carry on. Or so 
that could have been the end decision if they were maybe like indecisive or they couldn't figure it out. But now you're going to stand out there and you're going to protest. That's just if you give me an ultimatum, I'm going to go in the least opposite direction you want me to go in. And they just did that to the court. Well, before we discuss the leaked doc draft document. I think it was the Supreme Court justice that did it. Yeah, okay. I th- it's the leaked document. But then also the other aspect is when they start protesting in front of their homes and when they saw the firebombing of a pro-life clinic up in uh, Wisconsin. I really don't even think it was a pro-life clinic. I think it was a I think it was a office that if you were pregnant and you needed help. And not what either way. Not but, like but, when, but, but either way. It wasn't like um, thought, but either way whether it was a pro-life or it's a clinic that provided resources it's when it was firebombed it's just like in 2020 you had all those riots across the country and first people supported the protest because of George Floyd but then when they started divulging into anarchy and destroying the community destroying businesses destroying things that's when the public said enough's enough. And that's where the whole big defund the police movement, which had a disaster effect, especially in the minority community. So if they do another summer of violence and destroying, mm-hmm. that's going to turn off the public. And Joe Biden is just like uh, never out widely condemned the attack or the protest in front of the Supreme Court homes. Yeah. He was basically kind of, publicly forced to say something when protesters were now targeting Catholic Church because I think many of the six Republican or Supreme Court jurists are Catholic. Mm -hmm. I know Amy Comey Barrett's Catholic, and I know Brent Brent, uh, Kavanaugh's Catholic. So when they went into the uh, Catholic Church out in California, when they graffitied various Catholic churches, that's when people say enough's enough. You could take a positive event, and turn it into something negative. People don't like violence. Mm-hmm. And President and even Jen Psaki basically said, oh, these are passionate people you know, because they're only passionate about their cause. Okay, that's great. That doesn't mean you condemn. You can condemn it. Yeah. Like well, an example, last point. Yeah. I condemned what happened on January 6th. That was a, an abhorrent protest. Yeah. Never should have happened. So I can call out my people. President Biden needs to call out his people. What if they kind of rally around the Supreme Court and they storm the Supreme Court? What would they do then? Well, look at Merrick Garland. He's the attorney general. He would have been on the Supreme Court. And at this point, I'm glad he didn't make it to the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. because there's a federal statute that prevents you protesting in further in front of judicial judges' homes yeah. for the simple reason to push a particular outcome. And that's what they're doing. They want the judges not to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah. So Merrick Garland is the chief prosecutor in the nation, and he can't even condemn it. He's eerily silent. So we're going to break off into inflation here in a second, but we were going. We were talking a little bit. Go Enlighten us a little bit more on the leak. The leak... They're still trying to find out. There's nine Supreme Court jurists, um, six Republicans appointed jurists, and three democratically appointed jurists. And there's each judge or jurist or not a court judge has four law clerks. Mm-hmm. So there's 36 law clerks. 
Now, they're thinking one of the law clerks leaked it. Now, they're trying to find out how. Now, a friend of mine brought up another plausible scenario, which, again, I have no evidence to back this up. Mm-hmm. None. I also have no evidence to support that she was in the part of the brief or just listening into the brief without having to make a decision. Okay. Is the new Supreme Court nominee who was confirmed. Okay. And when uh, Stephen Breyer retires in June, she takes over. I don't know how the court operates. Do they allow... Would she, yeah, would she be privy of some of the stuff that, that was going on? I don't on? know. That, and th- that's why he brought it up, but I don't have any evidence to support that. I have no evidence that she was there. I have no evidence to support that her law clerks that she has have were part of that. I don't know. Yeah, and but the thing is, is well, one of the questions I had was, has there ever been like a... Inside man for the president when it comes to the Supreme Court no. justice. So this would be well. This would definitely uh, be what's it called? A monumentous occasion if well, this, this is happened because this is the first time in U.S. history that a draft brief okay. was leaked for the simple reason to sway the court to go one way or another. Now we're always assuming it's a liberal judge. Excuse me, a liberal law clerk. If that was the person, mm-hmm. it could be. Let's say it's a liberal law clerk. They wanted to let. The pro-choice people know that this is coming down yep. to mobilize. But let's say it could be a conservative law clerk to want the Supreme Court to show some backbone and overturn Roe versus Wade. Okay. But the problem that I the thing that I look at, whether it's a conservative law clerk or whether it's a liberal law clerk, they should be held to accountable. If the law was broken, mm-hmm. they should be punished. Yeah. And if the law wasn't broken. They should be disbarred because they leaked they leaked a brief before it was uh, put forth by the the judges themselves. Okay, so let's kind of pivot over to inflation. And the inflation report came out, but our president was talking about inflation the other day. Correct. He spoke to the nation. I think about eleven eleven thirty yesterday, which was Tuesday. That's right before nap time. Not before nap time. <laughs> but he spoke on inflation. But he was supposed to addressed the nation on what he would do for inflation. And he just doubled down. Yeah, He blamed COVID. He blamed Russia. Did he then, blame Trump at all? Uh, I didn't mention much of Trump, but he did blame the Republicans because Senator Rick Scott of Florida came out with a, a – because Senator Rick Scott chairs the Senate Republican Re-Election Committee mm-hmm. or something like that. And he came out with a pretty detailed proposal of what – he would propose if the Republicans took over. Yeah. And so Biden went to his, I think it was like page five, that he would want to raise taxes, this many people, mm-hmm. 75 million people. But the Washington Post gave him three Pinocchios because only he supported that plan. No other Republican in the House, no other Republican in the Senate. Mitch McConnell says Rick Scott's plan is dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Even Kevin McCarthy, the Senate, the House minority leader, said we have our own proposal. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be our proposal, not Rick Scott. Yeah. So the reason they gave it five, um, three Pinocchios is because no Republican, just, this is just Rick Scott's opinion. Yeah. This is his work. So that doesn't mean the Republican Party embraced it. It would have been different like when AOC and 
Sen- Senator Markey from uh, Massachusetts came out with the New Green Deal. Mm-hmm. Every Democrat embraced it. That's not the same as this. No Republican embraced it, so that's why they gave him three Pinocchios. Yeah, and then we also signed a bill for $40 billion. To Ukraine. Now that, everybody's so caught up in that. That's a little different than what we're trying to do here. Should we be concerned about that at all? Well, like, it's, how does it, okay, how does it make you feel that you're, you have pivoted or you have moved jobs and greener pastures are ahead, but you're in a, I wouldn't say, you're probably in a little bit of a struggle mode at, at this time. And if John needs 20 bucks, but I'm like, you know what? Hey, um, the reason, hey, you over there, here's a hundred bucks. Yeah, You'd be pissed off. Yeah, but see, I see the bigger picture. If Russia's allowed to do what it does in Ukraine, and it looks like they're trying to settle on the Donbass region just to incorporate that into Russia, mm-hmm. that would embolden China to do the same thing in Taiwan, Iran to do everything else. So if China goes into Taiwan, think of the economic calamity that would revolt in the West. Yeah. So I don't mind that. The problem I have with President Biden is when he spoke Tuesday, he was supposed to say, this is my plan to address inflation. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. He, he said he wanted he should tax or no. He says he wants to tax us more to get inflation down. Yet he criticized the Republicans for wanting to tax yeah, us. And, see, and that's it. He just doubled down on blaming Russia, blaming the covid. He said, blame Republicans for not passing his agenda, which is the, the what do you call it, build back better, mm-hmm. which many economists and policy centers that follow budget, like the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, one is the, the Center for Responsible Federal Budget, said his plan is not $2 trillion or $3 trillion. It's almost up to $5 trillion if it's factored over a 10-year period. So we're, Okay, so we're in May right now. Uh, May's inflation report will come out in June. It comes out, I believe, the week after the unemployment report. So okay. the unemployment <laughs> report comes out the first Friday yeah. of the month, and then the inflation report comes out the following week. Okay, so we have that. And then we have we're on the cusp of being in a recession. That's correct. That report comes out because the third quarter ends, first quarter is April, May, excuse me, January, February, March. We got that report. So mm-hmm. then April, May, June is the second quarter. July, I think about 26th of July, that's when the first initial report of the second quarter of GDP. Yeah. And then, okay, let's go a little bit further, is that once the stock market catches wind that we're in a recession, that we, depending on the the, employee, the unemployment report and the inflation report, that might take a dump, and it's just going to be the perfect storm of America is getting screwed by this administration. Well, it, it's even deeper than that because the 26th of July, the um, GDP report comes out. We've already had one – the first quarter was a decline of 1.4%. Okay. So now inflation is 8.3% for the month of February, so it's 8% higher than it was a year ago come April. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do the, the consumer price index that was released by the Commerce Department or the Labor Department as well, it doesn't factor in fuel or food. Okay. Because those are too volatile. Tomorrow, which is, I believe, the 12th, 
It's the producer price index. That's more the gauge. This is the items that go into making a product like steel, aluminum, copper, and the like. What happens Where when does the president wake up from this farce idea that he's having and we're in a recession, he's, oh, crap, I need to pull the nose up on that. Okay. So when does this happen? When I get to, oh, let me just finish this one thought, and I'll jump to that. Okay. So the perfect storm is coming because when the GDP report comes out in July, mm-hmm. you've got, we're going into the summer months, so we're already seeing fuel prices spike. Yeah. Diesel and gas. Um, mm-hmm. And I talked to a friend of mine before I came over to your house to do the podcast, you notice that where's Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation? He's, where's the Commerce Secretary? He's charging his Tesla. Where's the Labor doing. Secretary? Now, when each time they get in front of Congress, when they testify before the various committees, they're asked these, what are your plans? Mm-hmm. They have no plans. Like, I'm sure most of our listeners have been finding out about baby formula. There's a shortage. Back in October, there was a contamination at one of the the companies that produced majority of the formula. Mm-hmm. But the FDA knew there was a whistleblower a month prior that was telling them there's problems here. Yeah. But so far, the FDA hasn't done anything. So here we are at May. If you knew this, you're shutting down this company that produces the vast majority. Did you not have a plan how to ramp up production? Yeah. Like maybe do like an Operation Warp Speed we're going to clean out this company. We're going to put new leadership in. We're going to do this and this mm-hmm. to get those production levels up again or have a contingency plan to make sure mothers and fathers and families can get the baby formula they need mm-hmm. for their children. But it just seems this administration dropped the ball on that. Yeah. And this was supposed to be the most competent administration who knew how government run because he's been in government for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, he knows all. So, John, if they want to get a hold of us, how do they do that? They can go to UbaldiReports at gmail.com, and I do look at it, UbaldiReports at gmail.com, or you can go on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you go on YouTube, hit and subscribe. The ultimate goal is to be able to do this full-time and do this Monday through Friday. So the, once we start making money, we're going to invest it back into the company, get better equipment so we can have a better seamless live streaming to make it better for the listeners. But we would love to hear your questions and concerns. Or if you have a question and you want me to research something, I'll do it. Just put it in there and let us know. Okay. So everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Till next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Let your friends know about Ubaldi Reports. Till next time, we'll be pushing stuff out. All right. Take it easy. Have a great week.